thank you to our three sponsors for supporting our podcast. John Russell's Art Caterers and Milltown Pies, who offer fantastic catering services. Alexander Grace Law, who provide modern and client-led legal services. And SBE Furnishings, who offer high-quality furnishings and electrical items at fantastic prices. It's going to be a permanent lockdown, Corvus. He's, he's liked it. He's been in lockdown for 10 years, hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I'm not much different, Blaz. I, I quite enjoy avoiding people. So. Yeah, I, I know, I know, Pete, but you, you get away with it being, again, one step ahead of Joe, don't you? to Housecast and this is part two of the 2014 championship winning year where we discuss our games and different things that happen with Corbus Pienaar, Chris Blazard, Paddy Martin and me Joe Martin as host. We return just as we're discussing three important games that came up in the middle of the season that didn't quite go our way. Blaz have you seen Corbus's chair? Oh yeah it's brilliant isn't it? It's fantastic. Yeah, it's cool. You'll have to have one, Blaise, but with just one big Lorehouse shirt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's three games in that period that I want to sort of discuss uh, that aren't league games, actually. So the first one is the T20 against Colm, which was rain affected. Blaise didn't play. I didn't play either. You were in Cyprus, P. Right. Oh, uni- university. Yeah. Um, so it was left up to me and Corbus. So that T20 game against Cone was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> so we needed to we need to win to go through, uh, and we needed to win quite handsomely, I think. That's when Stanish calculator just went into went into the wrong mode, weren't it? <laughs> Stanislav's having to win off off. 2.3 over, something like that, whatever they got into. It'd, it'd gone into trigonometry for some reason. Sin cost tan. Soccer toured it and it was just an art mess. <laughs> so it was rain affected, uh, 16 over game. Somehow, because this hadn't happened all season, they managed to get 166 off 16 overs. Shadley had smashed it. He'd hit some really clean, some really clean balls. I mean, I, I can't remember people bowling particularly bad, but the ball was wet. Wet, um, wet. Yeah. The outfield was wet. And I can remember um, Shadley arguing with Chaz. Ch- I can't really remember what it was about, but they were arguing about whether... But they were definitely <laughs> arguing. And we sat in the change rooms a little bit disheartened because we thought, well, we can't go through now. And Corbus just said, right, well, we'll have to, we'll have to chase it off 10 overs. Stanley worked out that we needed to chase it off 10.4 overs or something like that. 10.2 overs. We need to chase 166 off 10.2 overs, and Corbus said, "Right, well, we'll we'll just chase it then." <laughs> so Corbus and Johnny strode out, and the first ball was, I think, it was ball by Matt Clark, I think, or Shadley, wasn't it Shadley? Can't remember. It might have been Shadley. Shadley bowled the first ball from the T end, yeah. Yeah, and Corbus hit the ball the hardest I've ever seen anybody hit it. <laughs> He smashed it, went just like rocked on the back foot and just smashed it straight back past the stumps towards the sight screen. And I, I, I looked at, I think I was sat next to Ferg, and I looked at Ferg and sort of went, mm, 
it seems a bit mad. <laughs> <laughs> and from there, it was utter carnage. Literally, the, I can't remember how many balls it was caught up, but it was definitely less than 20 for you to get to 60. Johnny uh, the same. You rightly said that they, they managed to get to 160 and they wouldn't us bowl badly and when we did the calculations on, on the manager's um, calculator there before it bombed out, we had some sort of idea that we need to get the bonus point and in my head, and I think Frank Entwistle was important here, Frank is chat about these um, finals, I knew in the back of my head that if we get to a lower house will host the 2020 final. And listening and seeing how the club operates with these sort of things that making it a proper event, it was massively for me to get us into that into that final. I remember that day, that Friday, it was Friday afternoon. There was hundreds of phone calls about games getting um, getting called off and whatever. And we yeah. were just lucky at Cole that we were we were lucky to play. Nobody at our club even thought we we're going to play. And some of our main spectators who always travelled with didn't even come because yeah. it was just highly unlikely that we were going to play. And we managed to get a game in. And going back to the belief, um, as you rightly said, nobody bowled badly and they managed to get to 160. And I remember saying that in the change room and said, we just got to chase whatever we needed. It's nothing. We can't we can't not um, have a go at it and, and potentially get it right. And um, I remember walking out and when that first ball went for a boundary and after Shadley were hitting and cleanly, I just walked to Johnny. I said, Johnny, we've got a real go. We've got a real chance here. And um, I think the longer you bat it, the more the belief came. And that was quite special. Sitting back on that balcony, I remember that of our pink shirts, um, which is quite a great shirt. It's part of my chair yeah, also. Um, and putting it off. And, and that was just showed like what we spoke about earlier when we got into that run. We just literally believed that that season that anything is possible. And that showed that because me and Johnny got, gave us a great start, but the guys who had to come in still had to score more than tens and over to get us over the line. And every single guy who came in there and walked out there believed that he can do it. I remember Hockey also finishing off there in the back end. Um, nobody sort of stopped it. We just kept going and, and, and knew what, what we needed to do and, and we had to get it done somehow. Matt Walker batted really well. Uh, Johnny was smashing it over walls and stuff like that. But the the winning runs came off Hawkey's box for uh, four leg bars. <laughs> <laughs> went, hit him on his box and went for four leg bars past the keeper. Ta-da! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was it was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen, and I think anybody that was there said that. I think Gary Hunt said it. He said, "I've never seen anything like it. It was amazing." The uh, second games the was the cup semi final against Rottenstall, a massively disappointing day, um, but a semi final nonetheless. We got two hundred and twenty odd, which, which is light, isn't it? light into that very much so we'd just gone into a period of nice weather as well Blaise. so yeah. the wickets were pretty good you know it wasn't a bad wicket and 224 was light i can um, remember thinking we were at least 30 below where we where we should have got with our batting batting side not that we didn't think we were going to win but i just remember thinking it's a bit light is that it's not not what we not what i was expecting anyway i expected more than that yeah i mean i think I mean, Ben got Ben got seventy odd. Uh, Did Matt, Matt get some that day? No, I think Matt they, got some in the league. Was somebody batting with Ben, weren't they? And they got out almost like yeah, one ball after another. I can't remember who was batting. Uh, Chaz got thirty odd. Yeah, um, Matt, when we were we were just ready to put the. Did Riley actually come on to bowl? Did Riley yeah. get somebody? Out? Yeah, he got four wickets that day. Yeah, you know, four for forty or six. 
we were just just about to put the, the foot down on the accelerator, and they both, you know, I don't know they both got out to rally, but they were both out within. Yeah, they did bless. Yeah, both were out within a couple of balls. Not that you're blaming anybody, and then we lost another. We lost another couple of wickets, and it just sort of like, you know, took the momentum from under our feet. You know, we're probably gonna we're probably gonna talk about the bowling and being so disappointed that you know in our bowling, but really. I think it was our batting that was 30-40 short on that sort of wicket that made it harder work for our bowlers and made it harder harder to captain, you know, in terms of you know looking at our bowlers and where we were putting them. I mean, you were out to a storming catch, Bless, if you can remember. It was like yeah, a was, full length horizontal yeah. diving catch. Yeah. And you walking off in amazement like, what yeah. on earth just happened? Because yeah. <laughs> I don't think you weren't out. You, there were still some overs left when you were Yeah, when you were yeah, yeah. Pat, you hit a big six that day as well. Yeah, one of, one of many in my career, I think, that. <laughs> yeah, certainly a rotten stall. Is that, <laughs> is that when, uh, who's it had to throw, who was the Burnley footballer? He uh, had to throw it back from his apartment. Danny Ings. In, 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 Danny Ings, Ings, that's it, yeah. Corbus's <laughs> favourite song. <laughs> it's quite a good song. Do you remember <laughs> anything about the batting, Corbus? I can't remember much about the batting, to be honest. I, I just... Always remember that Roscoe, the left-arm spinner, Rodden still was always quite hard to get away. I think he was a very clever bowler. Um, if you look at, if you sit on the side, you think you can can manipulate him and you can get under him. But I think he was he's quite skillful. There's a reason why he got over a thousand Lancashire League wickets. And that sort of showed against us. He was quite effective against us every single time. Um, I think that's also altered us a bit in terms of, of get, not getting enough runs. But um, to be honest with you, I think we'll get to that now. That that. Uh, I think our bowling uh, in that that day was, was quite a low point for me after we had such a good run. Personally, I think Cook Martin played very well. But um, in that wicket, I think we just sort of missed our lens. And, and obviously, we, we just feeded him in terms of his French. And, and he played a great innings and he was pumped up. And I think me personally, it was a bit of a low point when you learn a lot of lessons as a cricketer. And um, for me there to get involved, I think me getting involved with him that day, uh, sort of put a fire on, on him and got the better out of him. Um, and that's how you learn, you know, for me, if you just could have... He'd, he'd sort of like, you know, we'd once, you know, he was their mainstay. He got their first almost 130 runs. He was 80, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. But they, the rest weren't getting any, were they, at that stage? He, he wasn't as though he took the game away from us in the sense that he got 80 and they were 170, so the less needed to limp over. They were still... I, I don't know because we don't have when he was out, but I think he was out. They still needed over a hundred to win, and you just looked at the back end of their their side after we got the one, two, three, four out. We still thought we're still in with a, a good chance of winning this, and yeah. it was the it was the innings as after that that sort of like were were more annoying to me than than his age because he's a good player, mm. irrespective. You know, he is a good player. I mean, Pat, you bowled very well that day. You're two for 21 off 10. Yeah, um, I would maintain that's the best I've ever bowled for Loro. Yeah. Well, not that I've played for anyone else. Yeah, best I'd ever bowled that day. Yeah, I think I'll I'm wrong, but I think I've bowled most of my overs up front when good batting. I did yeah. a lot of overs at the back end, I remember that. Yeah, no, you, yeah you didn't. Uh, you might have bowled one or two at the back end, but we just thought we could get him out. We were still taking wickets. Paddy, yeah. had, got, Paddy had got Peltzer out. Yeah, I think I got oh, no, Payne, sorry. not Peltzer. Uh, Payne, sorry. Mal's got Brett Peltzer out. And when I look at their scorecard, actually, it's very similar. It's obviously very similar to ours. They chased it down in the last over, but one of their batters pushed on and got 60-odd and batted yeah. with 
um, Cook Martin and a guy batting at um, nine got 30. Yeah. yeah. And that essentially put them over the line. I will say that's the angriest I've ever seen you, Corbus, that, that day. Um, I think angriest one where I think more disappointed because I didn't think yeah. they were a better side than us. Mm. For me, it was a bit of a, a low point that day. I remember Lucinda was over and it, we had a great crowd there where we entered Robin Stall and it was a big thing for us after the cricket we played. And I think the disappointment was more the, the right word than angry because of, of I thought we let ourselves down um, in terms of the, the competition, how we played and how well we played leading up to that. So it was more disappointing than anything else. Bitterly disappointing, really. I think it was probably our, since 2012, it was probably our best chance of winning that yeah, definitely. competition. My, my first chance. Uh, well, it, wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't your first chance, was it? <laughs> no, true, Blaise. First chance went in selection in 2012. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it went. Blaise, I'll warn you, I've signed a waiver that I will not discuss 2012. Um, <laughs> and then finally, um, to just move away from the, the league for the one last time, the T20 final, which was another bitterly disappointing game. You know, we got to the final again. Uh, we'd won it the previous year. Uh, we have a fantastic game against Rami. Everything seemed to be going pretty well. I mean, what? Key, I mean, we said that we wanted a final Corbus, and we managed to get one. And I think that year, actually, we, we would have hosted the Worcester Cup final as well if we'd have got there. But we was managed that against, to, and ended up being against Burnley, didn't it? It would Burnley. It would have been, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and they had. That's when they were picking their. Yeah, stars. superstars. Yeah. So, Corb, we got to the we got to the final. Everything's going everything's going pretty well. They were forty six for four. You just got their pro out, caught behind. Can you remember anything from the final? What were your initial thoughts? And as the game progressed, uh, I just I, I just think the whole final we weren't really up up for it for some reason. And if you look back at that season, um, was it was against Church again. And for some reason, Church sort of had our number that year. I remember that the one bowler um, who bowled for them, the part one in the 2020, um, was quite skiddy. Remember, he was Seaman. Yeah, A lot of guys knew yeah. where he was from at the time. And he sort of blown us away there in the middle. When he, when he fell there, he bowled four hours on the bounce, he blown us away. And he really bowled well, but he sort of took us through the game away from us after we were starting the game. But we didn't play our base cricket that day. It was a bit of a blur for me the whole the whole day for some reason. And I can't really remember why. But I remember that that Basrat was the that Seema was the turning point in our batting in definitely. What I will add, Joe, is that one their guy who got the I think it was Gilray and got forty yeah. odd. Yeah. He was run out by at least eight foot and yeah. Uh, umpire wasn't looking and didn't give it out <laughs> and he got 40 it was only on single figures at the time yeah. and umpire give it not out and there was just a state of shock and then yeah. he got 40 odd and probably took him above par because if I remember rightly the wicket wasn't great no was Pete who was a groundsman then Pete yeah yeah it'd been a tough year hadn't it that year with the weather yeah, it'd been a real mixed bag of weather, I think. But 130, chasing 130, you know, we'd just we'd chased 160 in 10 overs. At no point in that game did I think, this is going to be a tough chase. I mean, you and Johnny were opening the batting and started started really well, I'd have said. Yeah, we got um, off to a good start, didn't we, really? Corby, Corby hit a massive six over the trees towards Sycamore Farm. Yeah. I think it landed in there. It was it was enormous. But from there, we just, as you said, we Basrat came on and... And just halted us really. Matt and Chas battered well, but we never really looked like we were going to chase it after. From the opening partnership, we got behind, didn't we? We sort of, 
you know, yeah. we sort of were behind the run rate. And although Matt and Chaz were batting well, we were still pretty much three or four runs and over behind where we needed to be, which was difficult to get back on that wicket. So a really, a really tough day, but that meant that we could focus back on the league. The next game that I think is really important, um, that sort of made sure for me that we were going to win the league, was uh, Rami at home. Um, Darren Smith had gone home, so they had engaged a high-quality first-class cricketer in Peter Trigo. Big hitter, bowls at a good pace. So we were all, obviously, when anybody like that comes, you're always talking about it. Blaise, can you remember anything from that day? I can remember it. It was obviously a big game, wasn't it? Because Ramsbottom was, were behind us, weren't they? They were, they were second. We were, we were top. And really, if the winner of... If we'd have won that game, we knew we'd, you know, with three games to go, I think we'd... We needed very few points to make sure we we won the league. We knew it was going to be a big game. We knew that there was a chance, really, of putting one and a half hands on the on the championship, didn't we? If we if we won that game, you know, it was a key game. It's one of those that you're not worried about because we were so far ahead, you know. So it was everything was in our favour in the sense that you know, even if we lost, we knew we were still in the box seat, so that that helped and we, I, th- I just remember looking forward to the game I remember thinking we were in good form Darren's a, Darren's a, a very useful cricketer his way round to the umpires he knew he had his reputation of being very very good bloke and all the umpires you know loved him and when he wasn't playing no matter who they got unless they got you know a world superstar I, I thought we were in with a decent chance Absolutely I mean when they signed I mean, there were all kinds of figures banded about for how much they'd paid for him. And, but, a, but a really big name for him to come into the league. And in the warm-up, Johnny was his excited self um, yeah. and just kept shouting, Peter! Peter! <laughs> Treats! <laughs> whilst, we whilst we were middle of the warm-up. It'd um, been one of those, it'd been one of those, Joe, where if they'd, have, if they'd have signed, I don't know, let's say Kaiser Abbas, in, in his pomp, you'd have been a bit more worried than signing Peter Trigo because it takes a lot to come from Corbus as playing first-class cricket over in in South Africa to come to Lower House and deal with whatever wickets he's presented with there. It's tough to get the same for a first, still playing first-class cricket, still mm-hmm. playing List A cricket, to come to play in a you know in a league game in, on a wicket that he doesn't know a great deal about. It was enough. I thought it was in our favour, although, they, you know, he's a good player. You know, I'd have been more worried if they'd assigned a proper league professional from around the area. Especially on a one-off game as well, Blaise. It's yeah. even, uh, yeah. even more difficult, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Because yeah. all it needed were exactly what happened, them to be 50 for five and him having yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all the way, all the way to the team on him. And... Yeah. I mean, Corb, you had, a, you had a great start that day. I think you took a wicket in the first over. You got Tom Parton out. Yeah, Tom um, Parton was a good player for them that year. Got a lot of runs, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Mm. Top of the order. Him and Darren Smith were fundamental for them. And I remember they obviously signed Peter Trigo because if they were the only side who could potentially beat us. And like yeah. Grace rightly said, um, if we beat them, we got one and a half hands on the trophy, which is brilliant because the other side was just too far away. So it was a bit of a crunch game and I, and I think we stood up and, and we played a, a great real game that day. There's sort of two things I can remember in particular about their innings. The first one was that obviously we'd had a great start and Peter Trigo had, had, had come in. Matt Walker bounced him first ball <laughs> on a really slow wicket and he just turned his head and it sort of bounced off the back of his helmet and robbed me. 
and he just looked sort of amused by the fact that that's <laughs> happened. Uh, the second thing, at drinks, he asked for a cup of tea. <laughs> uh, which which did make me laugh. Now that game, Finch got him out caught on the um, caught on the boundary edge uh, by your good self, uh, Corbus. Uh, and from there, as we had done for the rest of the year, we just just steamrolled through them. Uh, they were seventy all out. They were our closest rivals. And then obviously they did, did we knock them off easily, Joe? Did we make hard work of it? No, we knocked no, it off very we easily. One down, weren't we? I can't remember. Do you know now? Now I think about it, I can't remember if Stan was the Stan was the groundsman then. I don't know. I had thought so because it were a bad wicket. But you know, <laughs> but, but the other thing was their chairman went out to Stan and accused him of rolling the wicket too much. Yeah, he did. Mick Everett. Yeah. 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 <laughs> went out and said, uh, "You've been rolling it for too long." And um, Stan um, gave him his thoughts on that. <laughs> um, and I think Peter Trigo still has sleepless nights about bowling at Finchie. Um, <laughs> and that bouncer off Matt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just kept bowling back of a length and Finch kept like, playing inside the line of it like uh, Truscothic used to do. He batted Just really not, well, Finch. Not deliberately, though. <laughs> <laughs> and again, we were 73 for one off 21 overs. Game done by our five. We were, we were happy. And obviously that came to the back end of the season. A really tight game against Aki, where we yeah. won by five runs. Um, that was Corbus's last game. Yeah, Corbus's last game took five. Yeah. Oh, no, Pete. The, were they back-to-back those games? Yeah. Joe? Yeah, yeah, Saturday, Sunday. That. Saturday, Sunday, yes. Pat, you had a good day that day as well. We were Ben got 60-odd and battered well. 183 was probably about par, I would say, for that day. Yeah, um, tough tracks over there, aren't they? Yeah. And you had a great day then, P, as well. Took five wickets, five for 44 off 13. All left-handed. They were all left-handed, P, yeah, that's right. Even a stumping, which is amazing. But that was such a, that was such a tight game. I didn't realise Charlie kept that day. <laughs> Good one. Um, <laughs> such a tight game, but it was one that we had... I can't remember when we'd had such a tight game, except for probably in the cup, bless. Okay, he kept him in the game, didn't he? But they were always behind, and he, he just didn't look to accelerate. He kept no. well within himself. And then, you know, I know we won by five runs, but I think he, he hit a couple of sixes, didn't he, towards the back end to get, you know, they were, yeah. they were, they needed 30 off two overs, didn't they? Something like that. Yeah, and they got within five, but they weren't, they were never really threatening. He was tight. It was you, you were worried that. It could change, but it didn't seem to change until, you know, right at the end. And even then, they didn't look like they were actually going to pass us, if, if, you, know what, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. But another great win. Took us close. So we needed seven points the next I was just going to say, weekend. did that mean we, we just needed to win, didn't we, next weekend? Yeah. So that well, was we a could good, have tied. And... A good yeah. place for Corbus to go back knowing that it was only one win. Yeah, yeah. Corp, how did you feel leaving at that point, knowing that we'd essentially won the league, but we hadn't quite done it whilst we were there? Yeah, I was, I was um, quite sad to leave at the time because obviously um, in terms of how we developed uh, as friends and as a team, it was brilliant for me. And at that time, it was a bit uh, emotional to leave uh, with obviously what was up for grabs as a, as a team. But luckily, um, I've signed to, to come back in the 2015 season um, earlier with David Brennan and Stanley, who played a big part and me coming back for the following year. So it was always that exciting to, uh, excitement that I'm now going to come back in 2015. But it was tough leaving. I, I really enjoyed it. It was great memories. And, and as I said, 
um, that evening, I remember, can, you, can you guys remember it? I know Blaze and you two were there when Mark White had pulled out the, the guitar. The guitar. And, and, and <laughs> beatbox. And, and those sort of things are memories that, that will be lasting and will stay forever. Um, we would have come over this year on a, on a tour, but just all these things not happening. And I know Blaze would have come to visit us this side. But things are different and, and the world is in chaos. But I can't. I can't wait to drive into Laval's gates again and meet up with all the guys. But it was, it was great memories, you know. And if we go back for a season like this, um, I think we're busy for just over an hour now, whatever. But there's so many memories and so many things that actually it gets refreshed in our minds again. And it's special, special memories that, that I will definitely cherish. You'd had a great season at that point, Corbus. I mean, people, when you, when you look at your bowling stats, 68 wickets at 12, five five-wicket holes and four four-wicket holes. You just had an ability to bowl at a, a length and a line that got amateur cricketers out and, and bowling at the death as well. You just had a knack of getting cricketers to nick off or to bowl them. You must have been really pleased with your stats that year, I think, especially your bowling ones. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I think I underperformed a bit of the bat because that was my first. And I always try to stand for the professional to win leagues and to win trophies. That was, if I, if I think back of my eight years throwing, um, seven of the eight years we managed to win something. And that was what I would stand for. I was never looking at myself. And I think I was a bit of a selfless cricketer my whole career-wise in terms of getting the best for the team. And obviously you're disappointed and underperforming because at that point in time, batting was still my, my first strength and my first skill. But you had to find ways to get things done, you know, the work that year. And uh, funny enough, uh, my uncle Fani, who played at Tottenham, and we lived in East Tottenham and my stats at Lower House in the same league. And he played for South Africa, but I definitely topped him by quite a bit. Yo, so that's <laughs> yeah, and it's, a, and it's a really important point to make as well, Corbus, is that, and Blez has said it a lot, we, the amount of games that, we'd, that we bowl teams out for less than 150 or even 100 or even a hundred was was incredible I think so I think that's a, a point to make welcome to stories with Stan back room of course Jez where you had the showdown with Norman Dale. Norman Dale was the uh, was the scorer and have been for quite a few years and he was uh, he was rough and tumble was was Norman no airs and graces and uh, said he's how he saw it. He was a good scorer but it was uh, pencil red pen and blue pen and it was at the time when scoring was becoming much more sophisticated with wagon wagon wheels and people actually denoting which batsman had faced which bowler by different coloured artefacts, items, utensils. And Norman decided that uh, he was going to use felt-tip pens to, uh, to join in this modern, uh, modern scoring system. Some of the stick Higgy was giving Norman Dale uh, about him having felt-tip pens in a Mexican bandolero around his chest. And unfortunately, the paper in the scorebook was so thin that by week four, you could see the previous matches through the paper of the current game he was scoring. And it made it real difficult to look at. So you can imagine he got a bit of stick about this and it must have bristled with him. 
because we're in the bar afterwards and Jez is only a kid at the time. You might have been 19, Jez, I don't know, but back comes the second 11. As we all do, let's have a look at the scorebook of the home game. Norman hands Jess the scorebook and Jess says, bloody hell, Norman. It looks like Joseph's technical a dream card. <laughs> can't read a thing. At which point, Norman absolutely blows his stack and comes out with the, the old fallback comment, if you can do any effing better, you effing do it. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, in fact, he might have gripped Jez by the lapels, but fortunately nothing came, nothing came of it. But Norman packed in shortly after that. So Jez was always referred to as the man that drove Norman Dale out of town <laughs> in a great Wild West fashion. So we go on to the, uh, the game where we won the league at Todmorden. We'd got Christy Viljan as pro, who had won the league the day before. Blackpool. Uh, at Black, for Blackpool. And I think he'd enjoyed himself the, the previous evening. Um, <laughs> To say the least, I don't think. But he'd taken 100 wickets in the Northern League and they'd got Kelly Smuts as pro as well. It was going to be a tough game to get those seven points, but we knew that we had quite a few games that we could still do it. P, do you want to talk us through that game that you can remember? Bles, you can come in at any point. They batted first, did you all got how many? Um, 180-ish. Yeah, 177. 177. I think Christian got a few, and their their pro got a few as well. But he he was stifled in the mid thirties by a by a cheeky, cheeky uh, off spinner. Yeah, I can't remember how it were out. But I can actually. It was, it was caught a, at slip. Yeah, but it was being aimed over cow corner. <laughs> Unsurprisingly, uh, it was a big. It was a big sort of swipe to cow corner fee. because he'd got the double under anti that year. No. No, uh, that, no that was the year after. But of, oh, he was a sub pro, weren't he? That's yeah. But we knew he was quite a dangerous pro with the, what we'd heard about him and how he played. So I think one seventy-seven was probably below par, probably below par. But obviously, with the significance of the game for us, it was ended up being above par. Don't ever f- think that they got away from us when we were bowling. We just couldn't. We didn't bowl them out. I remember that, and we were a bit disappointed by that because obviously we needed the points. But yeah, as I said, it was the score in the end was probably just below par, but above par for the type of game it was, if that makes sense. Then we come to the batting. We do, Les. I'd also like to point out that when Paddy said Christian batted well and their pro batted well, I think I dropped Christian maybe twice, and I dropped their pro twice as well. <laughs> and surprisingly, boys, they're all off me. <laughs> One of them was off Finch So yeah, we come to the batting Finch and Johnny opened Finch had stolen their, our pro's bat <laughs> Gone back with, he just took it And hit a massive Hit him for a massive six Hit Kelly Smuts for a massive six And then got his bat stuck in his pad <laughs> And he had no He literally had no stumps left um, Very similar to another player That we'll discuss later on uh, for a different reason. <laughs> Just to interject, Joe, Corbus, what I seem to remember texting you at the time about Kelly Smuts, and you said he were a dangerous player. Did he have a bit of a reputation for that over in South Africa, or, or not uh, really? 
Yeah, it's a hard, it was a hard hitting left-handed um, and bold, gentle, medium pace, but it's quite accurate in terms of where he gets the balls in, in areas. Um, but from that point of view, he had the ability to hit the ball very hard. He's a brother, obviously, of Jonathan, as you know. And yeah. Both of them came from a tennis background, so they were very good stroke makers. This is a left-handed, they, they tend to hit across the line quite well. Um, so that was his strength. Obviously, the year after what he did there, it's, it's, it's sad for a guy like him didn't play more friendly because in Africa he's sort of just on the edge where he misses out, but he's definitely a very handy figure. So remember you saying he'd probably end up being a pretty useful league pro, which occurred the year after. So we'd, we'd got a bit of information, but not much, but he, he could be dangerous and he, he was dangerous that day with the ball, certainly. Yeah, I mean, he, he just seemed to, to be able to take wickets. We'd start to get going and then he'd yeah. just take a wicket. Yeah, um, him and the umpires got a, well. He got seven wickets with him that day, didn't he? Jesus, might have to be censored in this one. So, so the the batting went on. Matt Walker batted quite well, didn't he? Matt yeah, Walker batted very, very well. Got six. Very well. He, yeah. Our pro, sorry, was uh, caught in the slips first ball. Sab took yeah. an absolute blinding catch, which obviously we were. It was going to be tough. Tough to chase from there, but Matt Walker batted extremely well with Hawkey. Hawkey got 30-odd yeah. and Maz got 60-odd. So, P, you were batting. I didn't get any runs, so I'm insignificant in this discussion. Yeah, I know that, but you were out LBW. Well, do, you think, do, you think you got, do you think you got an inside edge on it, P? I'd rather call it BBW, as it didn't actually hit my pad. And then one of the funniest things I've ever seen happen was Paddy then turned around and smashed all his stumps over and I went, I think that they went at least 20 to 30 metres. I don't think they went that far, Joey. Maybe just a pitch length, 22 yards maybe, something like that. Jeez. Well, but, but all three of them, not just one, all three of them. And as he walked out, he was obviously furious. He threatened to knock me out because I called him irrational. And he also had three stump marks on the edge of his bat. <laughs> Well, at least he was controlled when he came into the dressing room and just sat down quietly, fuming on his own. Yeah, I mean, he refuses to admit the next bit, but... Um, <laughs> so anyway, he smashed his stumps over and we needed to... And we were just sort of meandering along. Bless you. Come I'm on, fairly sure he also fired Charlie LB as well. Chas was out LBW to Sav. Yeah, I mean, they're both out LBW, Bless. So there we yeah. go. Our white knight... In you, Blaise, got four. You were caught at mid-off. Yeah, I ate a, I ate a, I ate a four through the covers, and mm. then he, and I, nobody had come to me and said he's bowling a slow ball. <laughs> no, nobody out of the old innings said he's bowling a slow ball, and he bowled a slow ball that stuck in ground, and he just whacked it straight to mid-on. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I think social media was around at the time. Were you following at any point, Corba? So. Yes, I was. I was yeah. definitely following the whole game. Yeah, we were waiting for tweets and, and guys, um, Frank and a couple of other guys on the committee were, were, were taking quite some time out of it to, to make us follow the game well, which was quite interesting to see. Yeah. I mean, it was a really tense game. I mean, we still had another two games, Les, after that, yeah. that we could have... Another two games, yeah. So we were getting closer and closer, so we knew that we'd get a... We knew that we'd win the league, but it was a really tense game because you just wanted to do it then. I remember talking to Paul Stanley about it and saying, Stanley, I'm really nervous. This is, this is a disaster. What's happening? I'm going to have to bat. And he went, oh, it's all right. We've got another game next week. It's fine. And he was fine about it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Whereas I was absolutely petrified. I, I then go into bat with Matt Walker. I think I faced maybe 30 balls. I got three runs, Blaz. Yeah. Those three runs came in the last two balls of my innings. <laughs> <laughs> Maz just kept whacking it. It kept yeah. hitting straight, hitting it straight, hitting it over extra cover. I think uh, he kept whacking Paul Junior Senior all over the place. It did keep <laughs> whacking Paul Junior Senior. You're right, but he did. And, it, and, and then he, he, got, got, out, he got out, didn't he? He, he got, got out, out, yeah. Because we were talking. We at that point we needed maybe, I don't know, ten. Yeah. Yeah, we needed. We needed 10. And it, the over before he's out, we were talking and saying, Maz, if you just keep batting, I'll stay with you. And yeah. then I'll try and get a single and you can get on. But he decided that, that probably wasn't going to work. So uh, <laughs> he tried to hit it and, he, and unfortunately it's straight up. But he played absolutely fantastically well. Got 60, yeah. 65 and batted brilliantly. So me and Fergus, me and Ferg came in. And nudged, nudged it and nerdled it around. Yeah, we, we, had, yeah, we did. I all, had Kelly Smuts bowled out by then? No, I faced an over of Kelly Smuts, which I blocked. Right. Which they kept saying, you can't block it at this stage. And that was the only thing I was ever... I think I had, <laughs> I think I had my bat in front of my pad before I started. Yes, yes I can, and yeah. I will. Um, so did I, Joe, but it didn't make a difference. <laughs> <laughs> and we just sort of crept over the line. And we actually got to the point. I managed to hit a, a sweep off Sav that went for two that got us over the line to get the seven points that we needed to win the league and Fergie back over his head for a four to win the league, yeah. which we had another slightly slower pitch invasion from the one three years yeah. previous yeah. players. <laughs> but just an amazing, just an amazing win in what we should have, you know, we, I would argue we were the best team that year anyway. Just looking at the, just looking at the stats in general, Blaise, when I said at the start, this was when the team was operating at its best, I would say. And I think the stats actually back that up because it was an all-round yeah. sort of team effort. When I look at the batting stats, Blaise, you got 300 runs. Chaz got 200-odd runs. Finchy got 350 runs. Hawkey got nearly 500 runs. Ben got 500 runs. Corbus got nearly 500 runs. Matt Walker got nearly 400 runs. And Johnny got 400 runs. John what? It's one of those seasons, weren't it, where you look at it statistically and you see some seasons when people have got 700 runs, 600 runs, 800 runs, things like that, and you think, that's not a great season for the batting, you know, one with 500, you know, but when you talk about the scores that we were bowling sides out for, yeah. you're mm -hmm. never going to get those people getting 800 runs, 600 runs, because we just didn't. We just didn't need it. We didn't, you know, we weren't chasing those, those yeah. scores because, you know, we were putting sides in a lot and bowling them out cheaply. It seemed that all we really needed was one score a game and either Finchy, Johnny, Ben or Corbus would, would get yeah. that. Yeah. And then the odd time it didn't happen, we had Charlie and Blaise and Orky who were performing really well yeah. with quick 30s, 40s. Yeah, so it all, it all gelled together quite nicely, really, with the bat, I think. And even more so with the ball. The, the partnerships that people bowled in were fantastic. I mean, Corbus mm. took 68 wickets, Matt Walker took 42 wickets, PU took 32 wickets, Hawkey took 34 wickets, Finch took 22 wickets, and Ferg took 17 wickets. I mean, Ferg barely bowled that year, actually, you know, relative to, relative to the other people. It's a bit harsh saying everybody chipped in, but because everybody's performances were at such a high level. Yeah, um, yeah. But it was just an all-round great team, I would say. Man for man, everybody knew the job and knew what they were doing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Excellent. Right, We're going uh, on to the next game. Next game against Aki. You remember that one, Joe? 
Do you remember um, somebody didn't play? You, Blaz. Blaz, why didn't you play? He fell in lake. <laughs> no. <laughs> We were we were gonna save that Bless. point for another one. Lindsay Lindsay was doing the uh the Lake Windermere ten point five mile swim that day. So Coast Guard had to be called out. So we were up we were up in the lakes, we'd stayed up, up on Friday night at Candice's house. we the swim started at half past six. <laughs> So we stayed there, got up at five, got down to the to the bottom of Lake Windermere. She started off, we'd watched it. Then we went round to Candice's boathouse to, to meet her halfway. And then I fell over on the slipway, did my ankle, completely, completely shot and sprained my ankle, fell over. My phone fell into the lake. Still there, you can still ring it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I remember, I think... Obviously, I was missing that game. I can't remember why. I think I were injured. But no, I think you were banned. <laughs> I, banned. I remember being there. I was, and I asked, "Where's Bled? Oh, he's fallen in the lake. He's fallen in the lake. <laughs> Can you just imagine him with like a water ring on and uh, an armbands being pulled in? Yeah. Well, Lindsay, having to pull him in. So Lindsay was, was due to finish about eleven o'clock. So it was going to be a bit of a rush to get there, but we won the league, so it weren't weren't a problem. So brother-in-law was going to drive me down from the lakes because Lindsay obviously was going to stay up there. So at the end of the swim, she'd done 10.5 miles, first first lady home. And I, I missed her coming in because I couldn't walk <laughs> round the corner to see her finish. So she'd come out, she was sat down by the time I got round. So it was, I think it was about that time I realised that I weren't available to play. So I oh. rang up and said... Don't make it. I didn't realise that, place because I thought you'd floated to the finish line <laughs> <laughs> on, on, on just some driftwood. <laughs> it, it came 24th in the end. <laughs> <laughs> so then, so then I, came, I came back to the club and just sat and had a few beers on side and did a John Terrier for the presentation. What? <laughs> so, so did I. I've forgotten that. <laughs> <laughs> I, completely, I was thinking while we were telling I thought, well, if he didn't play, where did he? That was my how second John Terry. How did he get his? Um, <laughs> how did he get his prize? Obviously, he put the whites on. Exactly. <laughs> oh, fantastic! And it got even better than the last game of the season. Paddy came. Paddy came on the train on the on the Rams Bottom Express, didn't he? On booth train. <laughs> on booth train. Frank Enti brought me some cans of him, so. <laughs> They decided, you know, that you played at Ramsbottom after that, didn't you? And yeah. they got the railway line right next to it, behind, behind Ramsbottom. So there's like a steam train, a proper steam train that goes on that railway, but it goes from Bury. So the supporters got the got a bus to Bury, <laughs> and then got the train back to Ramsbottom. <laughs> arrived on the steam train. <laughs> I mean, there's some of the oh god, I forgot, I've forgotten, forgotten all about that. And how many, we, how many we were out? How many LBWs did we have that day? I think there were six. Six LBWs. We got fired out. Mark Eggleston got <laughs> got surrounded by by the by the chairman and uh, a few others in his in his dressing room, didn't they? 
Yeah. Renner, oh, Renner's, it's absolutely fantastic. The, <laughs> the umpire... Damn, the umpire damn could bowl a seed, got six wickets, didn't he? All LB. Yeah. yeah. He got me out LBW. I think my arm out, though. Um, the umpire called um, Renners and Matt Stanley into the um, dressing room after because our fans had been berating the umpire so much so, you know, it was quite protested. abusive. One. Yeah, it was yeah. extremely abusive. Bless. To which he, uh, asked, he said to Renners, he went, So what do you think about that, Renners? He went, Well, it's pretty clear, Mark, that you've got a problem with us. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I agree with him. <laughs> and asked him, and asked, and then they and then they asked him to leave. That's <laughs> Danny says that he got asked into the umpire's room and then sent out. The <laughs> he got room. sent out within two minutes. I think there's only me. There's only me. That's happened to. <laughs> oh, well, um, do you want to add anything on Renners? Yeah, no, he's a great bloke. I think um, he's instrumental in the in the club's success over the years. What I've, what I've come to terms with is, yeah, he was quite instrumental in, in setting up the youth structure at the club and, and, and was quite good for, for the, the regional building phases um, of getting youth cricket strong. And obviously, he was passionate about cricket. I remember him um, every Saturday walking around the field and watching us and steering us on. And it was very important for, for him for us to do well. And I think a lot of the youngsters like yourself, Paddy, you, Joe, um, Matt Walker, Fergus, the Bailey brothers, um, all the guys coming through the system, he was very proud of them because I think he felt um, he treated him like his own son at the time and, and, and they, then developed the developmental phases, which was brilliant. Can't, uh, I don't think I can add anything to that, Corbus. That was spot on. Les, do you have anything to add about that season? No, I think I've gone through most, most of the tales, finishing with me hobbling to, to the hobbling to the presentation. No, it was a... Fantastic season, one of the more sort of uh, enjoyable seasons because in a lot of the times we were just sat back wondering, you know, how well we'd played in that sort of second half of the season thinking, wow, you know, it's Mm -hmm. another game finished by 36 o'clock. That's unbelievable. (laughs) As Corbus always says, a short game is a bug game. (laughs) Was was feet up time the year before or year was it twenty fourteen or was it the year after feet up time? I can't remember. But it was thought more twenty twenty competition and the bank holiday wasn't scheduled. <laughs> so we've wasn't, got a wasn't in Corbus's calendar. No, we've got a <laughs> we've got a T twenty tournament. Charlie said so. We've got a T twenty tournament on bank holiday Monday uh, that we're all going to play. Corbus looked. Absolutely distraught by this because we play double head, double header weekend. Then we're playing on Bank Holiday Monday. I didn't play, quite, I didn't... quite possible we played Friday, Saturday, Sunday. <laughs> there's, there's every chance. I mean, I didn't, I didn't play in the tournament because I had my, I had exams on the Tuesday, but I played the weekend. So Corbus looks plexed by what was happening, and he just started shaking his head and folded his arms. He said, "No, feet up time." <laughs> <laughs> I do think you played in that though. God, God there was no yeah. feet up time. Yeah, he did. He bowled <laughs> off. <then. laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> right, P, do you have anything to add about that season? Yeah, a very strong season. I just think ultimately it'd be one of falling short to put a bit, <laughs> put a bit of a dampener on it. Unfortunately, because there's a, a, if you get to a final and a semi-final, we should win. You can't help but be. 
touch disappointed. Yeah, so I think that's probably how I'd have a look at it. But league-wise, you can't argue with how fantastic it was. I think we're all disappointed by the fact that we didn't win the 2020 and the Worsley Cup. I mean, yeah, I mean, the 2020 is a lottery, isn't it? So anything can happen on that day. But the Cup semi-final was a game we really should have won. We're in a position to win and just didn't, didn't see it home, unfortunately. Yeah. But, speaking, of, speaking of somebody who hadn't won anything for 20 years before we won something, I think you're being a little bit greedy, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it may be that I'm being a touch selfish there, because I, I, I didn't I, play I, in 2012. I, I, I'd have settled being in the semi-final for <laughs> 20 years before that. So getting nearly, getting to the second last ball in the semi-final and still being in, in with a chance, that would have been uh, a glorious season. <laughs> <laughs> I just have one question. Corbus, do you have anything to add on A, the season, and B, the club? A, the season, um, I think looking back, uh, if you, I remember a while ago, I was on the Twitter feed, asked which side was the best side ever at the club and I think the 2014 side came through as quite strong and I think we said that from the start. So um, the lifelong friendships there is brilliant for me. And then a question towards the club um, and that's just a question I don't need an answer now. Um, the amount of players that goes through our system from a young age from under 9 up to under 18. Um, I would really like to see more first class figures come out of low house. I think that's a challenge and that's, I haven't got the answers for that. Um, but that needs to be a drive for the for the club to make sure that we that you guys create first class figures to go on and to, to play county and to become professionals. I think that's the club. The club sort of needs that now. I think that's where the club has grown into, and that will be a good challenge for you guys. Thanks Agreed. a lot for hosting us, Joe. I think you did a great job. But I'd, um, I'd rather add jazz, Joe. <laughs>